friends, welcome to the Ransom Tart Podcast. John Eldridge here chatting with Stacy and Morgan Snyder. Today, our conversation is around the pace of life. It's around um, sustainability. We think we've got some good things to share with you from our lives that I think are going to be pretty relevant to your life as well. So welcome back, listeners. So glad you are here with us. It was a couple weeks ago, and uh, there was a small group of us uh, sitting around talking. A group of what I would call pretty mature people, pretty pretty mature disciples, pretty mature healthy-wise, like, you know, people who have sought their wholeness. And we were talking about the Christian life, and we were talking about the just the unique pressures of living in this day, in this age, and kind of naming some of the cost of it and and some of the pressures of it. And after we had named <laughs> quite a few things, Morgan, you kind of raised your hand and asked a question. And it was around, I forget how it went, but it was something like, yeah, but what's sustainable? Mm-hmm. What, why did you ask that? Because we didn't get to go with that. Yes. So I want to return to it today. Why, why did you ask that particular question? Yeah, it's intriguing, John, <clears throat> because part of preparing in an earlier conversation for that time with some of our allies, we were wrestling with this question is kind of where's the pain? And as I searched my own soul, I realized so much of the pain is in pace, it's just in the demands. Yeah. And it is, it's filled with really good things and kingdom relationships and mm. kingdom endeavors and lots of choices for choosing to walk in God's kingdom. But the cumulative reality of all of these micro decisions exactly. yes. and micro pieces is the effect of overwhelmed by an un, what feels like an unsustainable mm. pace. Mm. And as I sat there, I wondered, what does it look like to walk in God's kingdom, to mature in his kingdom in a way that we're fully engaged and present in, in this moment, mm-hmm. in this battle. And at the same time, 10 years from now, we have more excitement, more maturity, more commitment to living in his kingdom. And those felt contradictory. You're ringing my bell here because you used that expression before. You, you said, 10 years from now, I want to be more excited about God, mm-hmm. about life, about my marriage, about my work. Yes. I just, I'll, 10 years from now, I want to be more excited. Not burnt out. Right. And it was really, yeah, it was alarming to me because I kind of quickly did the math, yes. sort of the internal <laughs> yes. math. And, and, I, and I asked myself, could I, can I keep this up for 10 years? And by this up, I just mean all of life. You know, we become grandparents. We just got my taxes done. We did, yeah, mm-hmm. yada, yada. You know, just all of life. Right. Like, and um, that idea of what's sustainable was pretty arresting. Yes. Well, because clearly the question already begs the answer of, not this. Right, right. <laughs> you know, <laughs> not this pace. Yeah. And um, I know that there are seasons of life that require more. And Morgan, you and Sherry are in the heart of it with um, the age that your children are. Mm-hmm. And, and, um, this event, that event. Right? Yes. Yeah. What, right. You the know, activity. The activity and the, yeah, and the great stuff that you're involved in, that we're involved in. Mm-hmm. And I'm already, I'm already thinking, 
oh man, I got to say no to more things. Well, like these little symptoms, our listeners know that we are proud grandparents now and Stace and I are in kind of, that's a new chapter of our story. And we are fortunate that um, our grandchildren live close enough that we can drive to one another. But here's the honest truth. I've not seen them very much at all. I mean, that's the honest truth. Like, right, I'm not, I, right. friends, I, I mean, this is a confession. I'm really embarrassed, but I'm realizing, like, I, they're not getting to know me. Mm-hmm. I see them occasionally. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And we live in the same town. Right, right. And, and it's just like, that is a description of, wow, what is a sustainable life? Yes. Tell us. That's our, that's our question. <laughs> that's, that's, where, that's where we're going to go here. So, um, each of us have been, in our own ways, struggling towards sustainability. Yes. And, and I'd like to talk a little bit about that journey. How have you been struggling towards sustainability? Like, when did you realize you needed to? <laughs> what did you begin to do about it? Like, when did that, when did that rudder yes. begin to turn yes. that huge ship called the momentum of your life? <laughs> well. I think it starts with honest inquiry of saying, am I okay with this? Mm. And it, mm. rather mm-hmm. than just mm. comparing myself to the people next to me or the people down the street yeah. or, or Sherry, wow. Sherry said yesterday, well, you know, this gal, she has her son in three different sports. And so we're just doing two sports. And so yeah. like, you know, per year. And it almost felt validating, but it's a false validation. Mm-hmm. And I looked at her and I said, the world's gone mad. <laughs> That is not the right (laughs) litmus test. Even though something in me felt like, yeah, we we dialed it down, Mm -hmm. right? We're doing less. We're living more soulfully. You know what? Next to their utter madness, my relative madness (laughs) (laughs) looks pretty good. Right. (laughs) But it's so uh, seductive, isn't it? Because our lives are pretty different than quite a few folks that we go to school with, that uh-huh. we go to church with, yeah. right? Yeah. But I, I would say, John, for me, it was the honest inquiry because of the sobriety of how I was affecting people. Mm. In other words, I found I found myself reactive rather than responsive, like in parenting. You know, I'm looking <sighs> for my kids to do what causes less stress for me, mm. to do what causes less pain for me. Oh my goodness. Right? Because there simply isn't the margin when in contrast, we just had this holy night last night where some things surfaced with one of the kids. It was a big deal. And because of very intentional choices to carve out small pieces to live a more soulful life from the inside out, that externally it may not look much different, but internally it's a soulful life. I was able to be present to my son. Mm. And here's the distinction to get to your question. The reality of what God was doing in those circumstances, Mm. the reality of what he was initiating and inviting me to participate with. And, And so I think it came out of my pain of how I'm hurting people and and an honest curiosity. Okay, so just that phrase, reactive, not responsive. Mm -hmm. I was reacting. Mm -hmm. And you kind of went, oh my gosh. Oh yeah, that's that's huge. I mean, 
I was nailed by it. That was my, <clears throat> but Morgan, how good, like, I'm guessing that you needed to cultivate a lot with God personally in order to be able to even ask that question mm. or to be aware of it. I think for me, that idea of reacting, not responding, it's it's when you get the phone call and you wince. It's when uh-huh. you get it when you get the text that says, Hey, could we chat for a minute? And something inside you goes, Ugh, dang. Like that's a good sign mm. that I'm not living sustainably. Yeah. Right. People Do, are an intrusion. Uh, uh, because I want to love for heaven's yes. sakes. Like that's what we're here for. You know, I want to be that guy who sees his grandchildren. I want to be that guy who's available for a phone call. Mm-hmm. But what I'm what I'm aware of is that recently emails, you know, I got an email yesterday from from a guy that I need to email back, but I looked at it and the email it, is it so long? It is it's a novel. Mm. <laughs> right. You know, and I just immediately I click, I just immediately went on. Like yes. I didn't even read it. Now, this is a very important relationship and this is a very important conversation. I'm just like overwhelmed. Can't do it. I can take little tiny things right now. And that's these are all these symptoms. Yeah, that's yes. a sign of of being um pushed to the limit, beyond yeah. the limit. Yeah. And I think everybody knows what you're talking about. I sure do. If I scan and I see it's paragraphs long, I just kind of gasp and go, we'll get to that. Yes. Right. You know, another symptom I'd say, John, for me, is I just kind of scan the atmosphere of my life is when I find myself living for God rather than with God. Mm -hmm. And it's a distinction that's growing more and more clear by the years and by the Mm -hmm. decades of so often I would find myself living for God in this initiative, in this relationship, but I, it's it was embarrassing of how much I'd look over a day and finally get a pause and go, I actually had no connection with God, no union with God, mm-hmm. but the offer of the gospel is, is, is a life in God. Yeah. And so that is a symptom where I go, God's pretty clear that doesn't really amount to much for him. It's pretty stark and sobering what the scriptures have to say about that, contrasted to this flowing life where it's a a present tense reality. Mm -hmm. And so shifting of what does life look like in union? Mm -hmm. I want to say something very quickly because this kind of conversation can immediately be guilt-inducing and, oh boy, here here the ransomed heart people go again on pace yourself (laughs) and, you know, take Sabbath. And I, I know where this is headed. I don't think you do know where this is headed, actually, but let me read something from Mark 6 that really, really struck me. This is right before the feeding of the 5,000. This is the story that sets up, why were those guys out there in the countryside that all those 5,000 people need to come find them, right? So this is the prequel. So it says, the apostles gathered around Jesus and reported to him all that they had done and taught. Then, because so many people were coming and going, that they did not even have a chance to eat, he said to them, come with me by yourselves to a quiet place and get some rest. Now, this is Jesus. Mm -hmm. This is the disciples, okay? And they have hit a point of activity that they they literally not even having regular meals anymore. Like, that's out the window. There's there's no family Mm -hmm. dinner. Mm -hmm. You know, they're not 
making their lunch and bringing it to work. All that's gone. This is <laughs> this is candy bars on the run, right? Uh-huh. That's that's what this is describing. And so I just want to say, you know, we all hit these seasons of life. It doesn't mean you're blowing it, gang. Mm-hmm. Can we just start with that? This isn't that life feels unsustainable right now, you know, over the next 10 years. Like, I can't keep this pace up. Doesn't mean you're blowing it. I mean, here's, here's a description right out of the Gospels of the very same scenario, and that was activity of God. So I just want to point out that people who want to live with God mm-hmm. and for God in this era have two lives. You have the life that you have to live as a human being that everybody else is living. you got to go to work, got to pay your bills, got to take the cat out, got to get the kid to the doctor appointment. There's just all that, right? There's just life. you gotta, mm-hmm. you got to just do those basic things. My truck is due for an oil change like six months ago. <laughs> all that stuff. Right. Right? And it adds up. Yes. But then here's the quandary. Then you have this, you know, deep in, in every lover of God, there's this urge to be a part of the kingdom, right? You know, I want to participate in the things he's doing, and God tends to do that. He brings people into your life. You know, here's a prayer need. Here's a person that needs a conversation. Here's a crisis. You know, so now you have that other layer. We want to be active at church. We want our kids involved in youth group. We want to join the mom's prayer group for our school. You know, those things. All I'm doing is describing. Yes. This isn't, You're adding things. This isn't blaming. <laughs> right, it's, it's right. just to say, if, if you feel like you've hit this place with your where your life is unsustainable, first off, yeah. <laughs> no kidding, right? Be, because that is just the nature of this busy world, but also of wanting to add those kingdom layers to it. Yes, right. You know? right. And even Jesus and his guys found themselves in a similar situation. Right. I love that. Like mercy, mm-hmm. mercy. And mercy. Um, when you were talking, Morgan, the differentiation between life for God and life with God, I immediately wanted to say, yeah, life for God is not sustainable. Life with God is sustainable. But then you read what you just read, mm. and that was, they're in union with Christ. Mm. Yeah, You know, that is both. That's yeah. life for God and life yes. with God. And they still need rest. They still need to come away. Yeah. So let's get the guilt off of this. Let's Mm -hmm. get the pressure off of this. We're just describing reality right now and symptoms. One of the little pieces of literature that has shaped the life at Ransomed Heart quite a bit over the years is a sermon by Francis Schaeffer called The Lord's Work in the Lord's Way. And in it, uh, he has a number of great pieces of wisdom in it, but I want to read this section. He says, both the scriptures And the history of the church teach that if the Holy Spirit is working, the whole person will be involved and there will be much cost to the Christian. The more the Holy Spirit works, the more Christians will be used in the battle. And the more we are used, the more there will be personal cost and tiredness. It is quite the opposite of what we might first think. Okay? People often cry out for the work of the Holy Spirit and yet forget that when the Holy Spirit works, there is always tremendous cost to the people of God. Weariness and tears and battles. You know, as Paul says, we have this treasure in earthen vessels, mm-hmm. you know, and just, just to have the kingdom of God kind of 
coming through you, just being present to God, is a very exhausting thing for the human body. Oh my gosh, that's so validating. John, help us understand kind of how these two ideas fit together of, like Schaefer's saying, where there will be cost, Mm -hmm. there will be profound Mm -hmm. weariness, Mm -hmm. and yet when our life is rooted in God, there is a contentment and a peace that transcends suffering, even to the point where Paul says, I'm actually happy. So help us understand what that's like. Yeah. And King, we we don't rehearse these podcasts. We we want them to be mm-hmm. honest. We 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 just come up here and try and share very currently from our stories. And so we haven't planned this right. out. But here's what strikes me. I'm gonna build a picture. Okay. Okay. I'm gonna start with a quote that you love so much you had a sticker made out of it. <laughs> and I think it's on your computer, which you don't have right now, but I'm sure you can paraphrase it. It says, We must arrange our days. Yes so that we enjoy we must arrange our days so that we are experiencing a joy and contentment in our everyday life with god okay so just one more time you must arrange your days so that you are experiencing joy and contentment in your everyday life with god yeah so that's the baseline you you do need to plan for a sustainable life mm-hmm. and and we'll talk more about that what some of that might look like. We're not just going to leave you hanging. I think that's the baseline. You do you do have to make decisions that are very, very obvious decisions. Can you have people over to dinner every night of the week? No. That's just, that's unsustainable. Can you volunteer on the mission team, the prayer team, the visitation team, the soup kitchen? No, you, no, you can't. Can your kids play five sports? You know, no. There, there's just obvious decisions you can make. You actually have, you have Mm -hmm. a wealth of choices that are still accessible to you. I know it doesn't feel like it, but you actually do. You know, learning to say no, getting yourself out of things that you've gotten yourselves into, disappointing your kids and saying, nope, you know, this weekend's not a sleepover. Um, We need this weekend. Like there are choices you still have available to you. Mm -hmm. You must plan your life, arrange your days, so that you are experiencing joy and contentment in your life with God. That's the baseline. And then we have to be kind and allow for the fact that there are all kinds of intrusions. Okay? So this is part two. So intrusions can either be good intrusions or they can be unhealthy intrusions. So that person calls and says, hey, I know it's late, but can we talk? And something inside of you can still has a choice. You, you still have a choice right? You may have to choose to be a disappointing person, but you have a choice in that moment to go, God, like, is this from you? Is this, is this a divine intrusion? Is this, is this an appointment? Is this something? Or frankly, is this just an unhealthy intrusion? I'm exhausted. I, I've got to go to bed. Like, we can make those choices as we determine kind of the difference between divine intrusions and non-divine ones. And I think what Mark 6 is describing is those are divine intrusions. God's working, he's moving, and it's messy. When God's moving, it's messy. You know, when churches are growing, it's messy. When the kids' program is growing, we need volunteers. You know, you hear the cry on Sunday, we we got more workers in the Sunday school department. Why? Because good things are happening. Scripture says where there is no oxen, the manger is clean. 
but much increase comes by the strength of the ox, meaning when things are happening, there's a lot to shovel. <laughs> you know, it just is. There's manure, right? Uh-huh. There's just, that's just true. It's messy. Yes. Mm-hmm. It's messy, even when good things are happening. Yes. Okay. But to begin, I'm just at level two here. Uh-huh. To begin to discern the difference between what is a divine intrusion? Yes. Stacey, you were talking earlier about what is a season? Uh-huh. You know, we're just in a season right now. We we just moved. We just started a new job. Our kids are in a new school. You know, we're just in a season that's requiring a little bit more of us right now, okay, versus what are unhealthy intrusions of like, no, mom, you can't visit this mm-hmm. weekend. Um, no, we can't take care of your kids again, neighbors. No, you know, like those awkward choices that actually still are choices. You still have a choice between, you know, I accept the divine intrusions because I want to be part of what God's mm-hmm. doing, and I I can say no to the unhealthy intrusions. So let's just talk about mm-hmm. that for a minute. Where do you see those? Can you give me a couple examples? Can you, do you see that in your life? Divine versus maybe unhealthy intrusions that are that are changing what you thought was sustainable. I love that you are reminding me that I have a choice because so often I don't feel like I do have a choice and I need to grow in, in the discernment here because like I mentioned, I have a day that I need to protect and is it a divine intrusion that came in? They're, they're actually God centered things, you know, a a scheduled Mm -hmm. time of prayer that it's gotten put off and, Mm -hmm. and I want to be a part of it or, granddaughter that needs me to take care of her, you yep. know, and I yep. want to do that. Yep. So I think I think the divine interruption or just uh, a worldly one gets muddled in my thinking with what I want or or how I want to be perceived. Yes. I want to be perceived as a helpful mm. person. I want to be perceived as someone who you can call on in times of need. It's really clear. So just to say, no, I actually... I actually need to not serve that master. You still have choices. I mm. still have choices. Yeah. Mark, do yeah. you see, do you kind of see those two different categories? I, Here's I a divine intrusion. Here. Well, as, as you name that, John, what I'm aware of is in hindsight, the further back kind of in time, a month away from it, yes. a year away from it, yeah. it gets more and more clear yeah. of what those two categories are oh, of going, yeah. wow. Why did I say yes to that speaking event? Why did yes. I say yes to that trip, right? Yes. Where it made perfect sense at the time. So in hindsight, I see with more clarity. And so what I'm aware of is, Stacy, I like your word muddled. When you're in it, just the, the muddled nature of it, where I find that it is difficult to discern in the moment mm. because you really need to hear from God mm. in one instance, or for one person, that might be a yes. Mm -hmm. And in another instance, or for another person, God simply might be saying, that's just not from me. Mm -hmm. But that discernment ties back to, I think, this this question of union with God, Mm -hmm. right? Where I go, yeah, on one day, it makes sense for the family to take a camping trip because they need to get out. We need to get out. And in another set of circumstances, the Spirit says, 
it's just too much. It's mm-hmm. better to stay home yeah. and take a couple hours out on a walk yeah. and enjoy breakfast together and linger yeah. because too much activity will result in that unsustainable life. I guess what I would say is in hindsight, it's more clear. In the moment, it's muddled. So it causes me to ask the question, why? Why can I see clearly in the rearview mirror? Mm-hmm. And what is it about the current moment that's muddling it? Mm-hmm. And part of it is, I, I hear you, Stace, that what's the motive? What's mm-hmm. of, of people's perception of me and the other pieces? Am I actually willing to take the time mm-hmm. to listen mm-hmm. and, and, and be curious about what God is directing? I think this is enough for right now. I think this has stirred up enough categories and thoughts. I'm betting in our listeners that let's pause and pick this up next time. Friends, thank you for joining in. You've been listening to the Ransomed Heart Podcast with Stacy Eldridge, Morgan Snyder, and me, John Eldridge. And we'll be back next time to just continue to talk about sustainability and what do you do with interruptions and does God have an answer for us even in that stuff?